Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Hassan Talks Podcast. This is actually the 20th episode of the show. Uh, it's a personal milestone for myself. So I'm very happy to, to, to start this episode, which is going to be very different actually from the previous 19th episodes because we usually talk about very deep, uh, complicated topics. Today we're talking about something that might not be as serious as you think, which is comedy. But actually comedy is the most serious topic is out there because it's, uh, it's something that we consume every single day. Uh, we are all into the internet and social media, so it's full of memes and funny tweets and, you know, uh, short videos on TikToks and stuff like this. So I believe comedy is very, very important right now. We cannot really avoid it. Uh, being uh, funny or sarcastic is as important as being a public speaker or a politician right now because you can... You can transfer the, the, the idea in a very simple way that everybody can get. And I believe the best way to, to dive into such topic, there's no better way than having a comedian on the podcast, somebody who is into that business and has been uh, kind of getting viral lately, which is uh, also very impressive. So my guest for today, Abbas Abdelwahab, Sudanese based in Canada or Canadian as well, if you can, if you can call him that. And uh, I'm just going to let him introduce himself. Hassan, man, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Twentieth, happy, uh, happy episode twenty. I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you, thank you, man. I just, uh, I love how you go. Uh, you know, usually episodes are very complicated and nuanced, but today we have something different. <laughs> but the, usually the episodes are layered with some depths, but we decided to change it up today. <laughs> yeah, it had to be said, you know, because when, once this episode is out and people see the title, which is going to be something comedy-wise, you know, I say, okay, why, what's happening, you know? Like all the previous episodes, like, you know, sexual harassment against women or like, you know, uh, Islamophobia in France and some, some really so like... These are the topics typically that you, you go into like some pressing current issues, like yeah, uh, that's yeah. usually what you're addressing? Yeah, well, I dress the stuff that bothers me personally go, goes into my head all the time. And well, comedy is not different from that anyway. You know, it's all, I'm always making jokes. I'm always telling stuff like that. But I try to keep the podcast away from my, that side of me, you know. But today it's all coming out. It's all coming out. So get prepared. <laughs> Man, thank you for having me. And, and let me just say, you have uh, your, did, did you grow up in Spain? Your English is awesome. And I'm assuming your, your Arabic is great. And I'm assuming well, your Spanish is at least usable, so it's like... Well, that's a compliment to my English, and that's not a com that's an offense to, 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 to Spanish people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I actually, I actually grew up in Saudi Arabia. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, and I learned English in the university. Then I okay. came to Spain just a few years ago. Are you an engineer? Yeah. By yeah, okay, of, course, <laughs> of course, what I else would it be? <laughs> what are you, civil, mechanical? What type of uh, engineer? Actually, the worst, mechatronics engineer. Mechatronics, yo, I, have a, I did nanotechnology. <laughs> really? Yeah, I have a degree in nanotechnology engineering. So oh, we were the both, we were in my university, mechatronics and nano were the two like asshole engineers. <laughs> Man, you always have to explain yourself. What the hell are you studying? It's, and you don't it's, even know. You don't even know how to. That's the like, problem. You know, like, Robots, mems, you know, mems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and people always mispronounce it all the time. You know? Man, imagine nanotechnology. They think you're fucking saving space. They think you're the future of humanity. Nanotechnology. Well, at it's... least they put you up there, which is good. <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, as your comedian Abbas and uh, being, you know, uh, kind of viral on TikTok lately for for this character of yours which is the immigrant parent or immigrant dad and now like me talking to you as a guest i don't know i'm just like waiting for you to drop some some jokes you know about our dad used to say that and our parents living you know in the, in the diaspora used to say this so whatever I, I don't know this is going to be my first question to you do you feel somehow stuck in that character that's a good question you know i don't feel stuck in that character but when I do that character, it leads to the easiest reception. So I'm not stuck in it, but I find the easiest, the easiest path to success via that character. You know, he's a vehicle for comedy that people have, uh, they're used to, they get, they relate to, and they just want more of it. But I'm not stuck in it, but yeah, I mean, if I don't do it, people are like, 
Okay, nice, but <laughs> where's immigrants at? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I mean, I did it to myself. I didn't realize it because, you know, when I first, the only reason I got on TikTok was because COVID happened. I used to do stand-up every night, really. And then COVID happened and then everything stopped. And then TikTok, I was already on TikTok, but I was like making videos. But then when COVID happened, I just became obsessed with TikTok because I could, uh, it, it occupied my full creativity, right? Like my whole creative uh, stream had to be directed toward online content because all businesses were closed. You can do stand-up. So then I just started writing every day, writing ideas, making TikToks, posting every day. And slowly but surely, you kind of, you see where the landscape, because with all these apps, you got to find your X factor. If you read online, they always go, you need to find your X factor, you know, yeah, which yeah. is essentially saying, what is your unique thing? And if you look at big accounts, they usually have their grid. If you look at the grid of their catalog, it's versions of that x factor over and over they find mm. the type of video people like to see from them and they just throw it back and forth that same style and i did that for a while but at one point it just got like it, it's like you said i felt like i kind of cornered myself a little bit with it and i kind of tried to pull back and start doing videos where i'm as myself you know like i'll say an interesting story or a funny observation or whatever as myself and kind of inch that in so I'm not always a character-driven content creator, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, wow. Okay, the thing is like, you know, as much as you're explaining this to people, it's still like, nah, he's the immigrant parent, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's okay, though. I mean, I don't, it's, it, I'm just re, I'm just, uh, I'm just playing my dad, you know? Yeah. I'm just literally redoing memories of things my dad has said and uh, he's done. And every now and then I'll, I'll like extrapolate as to what he would say in that scenario. But it's literally like, it's a, it's an homage to my dad. Number one, number two, it's easy. Cause it's not like I'm just remembering and recreating. Right. So mm. I'm not mad at it. If people go, yeah, give us immigrant dad. I'll be like, sure. I like that. But there's mm. other stuff too. I mean, you can only get so much from immigrant dad. Right. Yeah, true, true, true. I think I think what makes it really like sticks in everybody's mind is that we are we all can relate to it, you know, simply. And I think for you, not just being like an immigrant like you as well, being Sudanese too. So I can feel my dad, you know, in your videos, and I feel like should I show this to my dad or will he be upset or something, you know? It's like where's yes. the joke? where's the joke in this? Yeah, 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 right. Well, so what? So what? What's so what's yeah exactly? It's yeah, just yeah. at every point he's like yeah. What's your point? <laughs> yeah, and now it's it's for you. It's pure comedy or pure joke. Wow! All right, all right. Okay, so I, I wanna I wanna move to to something a little bit different, which is, uh, some some sort of uh, I do believe I do feel it, which is the under appreciation of 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 comedians, in in the whole world. You know, although we all consume comedy all the time, we all laugh all the time. We always being stereotypical about stuff. You know, throw sarcastic comment here and there. And that's what, what everybody does basically, you know, sometimes to just to cope with whatever shit that you're going through, you know. But then when somebody identifies themselves as, hey, I'm a comic or a comedian, I do stand-up and stuff like this, they say, ah, he's not serious. I don't know. This is not real contribution to whatever we're going through. And I don't know from your point of view, I'm, I'm asking you this because I do, I do believe sometimes I just have this kind of sense of humor, but I'm keeping it on the low so I don't get judged, you know. Yeah. yeah, I could. Yeah, I know what you mean, especially in a corporate environment or a workplace. Yeah, professional kind of workplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, as far as our comedians underappreciated, they are like extremely underappreciated. Here's an example. Just two days ago, I got invited to do a show for Lebanon. You know, Lebanon, the explosion, windows I've broke. Seen, like crazy. I've seen it on your stories, actually. Beirut. So I got invited. They're like, the guy put it together. It got sold out three shows right away. And uh, we're not getting paid. That's what happens with comedians when it's benefits. They don't pay the comedians because it's a benefit. It's a benefit. Mm. You know? So you you perform for the honor of supporting Lebanon. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, all right, that's fine. I want to do comedy. I don't have a lot of opportunities. Fine. Let's do comedy. Forget the money. But we get there. There's 
<laughs> they go, okay, so it's COVID, right? So it has to be on a patio. And they go, look, uh, there's no seating for the comics. So if you guys, uh, if you go behind the patio, there's an alleyway. So if you want to hang out there uh, before your turn comes up, you know? Yeah. So now yeah. we're doing five minute sets unpaid and we have to stand in an alleyway in the back before our turn. And there's no chairs. It's like, <laughs> there's no respect for comedians. Okay. okay. Like no, nobody no proper thinks, backstage. Yeah, yeah. Nobody thinks in advance, like where are the comics going to sit? We should probably have them a spread of water. But on the other hand, like a couple months ago, I got invited to do comedy at a music festival. So it's all music. It was called taste of the, the middle East. It's like Arab musicians and they needed a comic act to break things up. Right. Now I show up to this, I show up, same thing. I have a time and a place, I show up. The organizer's like, oh, just tell the, it's at a restaurant. She's like, oh, just tell the, the, the chef, just tell them your musicians, tell them whatever you want, uh, want to drink. And upstairs we have your green room area. So there's seating, there's a goodie bag. Uh, just hang out there, we'll coordinate with you. One will give you an advance. Uh, how do you want to be uh, introduced? Like, even the places that don't cater to comedians, you see how the musicians get treated and you're like, holy shit. Like, there's yeah, yeah, zero yeah, respect yeah. for comedians. Zero respect. Like, nine out of ten sets a comedian does in their first couple of years, if someone, you don't expect money. And if someone is to pay you, you'd be like, this is at the beginning. You'd go, whoa, really? <laughs> Like, we, oh, oh and here's 10 bucks. Oh, actually, like, yeah, no one wow. expects, the, there's no value on uh, a hustling, grinding, comedian to get paid or to have any sort of livability at all. It's like, for comedians, we don't, they don't give a, no one wants to hear about it, no one cares, until you're so-called so good or worth seeing, and then it's like a different thing. This is quite a, quite a problem, actually, because... If, if, if this is the situation where comedians are not really appreciated, and I'm saying like real comedians who like, you know, sit down and really like, you know, try to get an idea out there and some, make something that could, everybody could relate to and put it as a joke, they're not really appreciated. Then somehow the, uh, I don't know, the platform would be full, full with people who just tell silly stuff. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Like anything can, can be considered as a joke. And like real comedians start disappearing, you know? So that's why I, I kind of appreciate that uh, comedians are not just sticking up to, to stand-up comedies, you know, the regular uh, kind of shows, but they go into social media trying to do like very short videos, small sketches here and there. Also all the time trying to comment about whatever happening in a sarcastic way. So people still can, you know, no, no actually these people are actually good, you know? They should be more out there. And to be honest, this is how I, I got to, to know you. Not just your videos, I've seen you uh, on an interview. No, I've seen you interviewing, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, what, Brown? Yeah. And okay. he, he shared it on his page. And then I said, okay, this is interesting. So I went through, I said, oh, I've seen some of these guys' videos somewhere. And this, uh, this got me to the value of, okay, see, this is, people should appreciate this kind of people even more, but sadly, this is not the way, you know? Yeah, but you know what it is? There's so much, especially now in the world of like, YouTube has been around like 20 years almost now. All these like uh, social media things, there's so much noise, right? And it's very difficult if you are by yourself, if you don't have an agency or a platform to stand on, if you're not with a network, if you're not legitimized through some sort of big thing, it's very hard to stand out in front of all that noise. There's, like you said, everybody's telling a joke even though they might tell a joke here and do random stuff, but it gets put on the same thing. So it's like, you really got to build. It's a very, it's all about slow and steady. You know, it's like the long game. Mm -hmm. It'll work out. You just got to keep pushing through. Cause the longer you build that catalog, the more it starts to position itself relative to the noise where it's like a clear little mountain of content mm -hmm. and uh, stuff going on there. That's outside of the noise. Right. But you actually made a good point though. I think comedians now are way more valuable because politics has transitioned into entertainment. Before politics used to be truth, leading the country, prosperity, and now politics has literally transitioned into entertainment where the real stuff we hear is actually from the comedians. Absolutely, like yeah. Bill Burr, Chappelle, when they 
all the their recent monologues on SNL, they're taking on woke culture directly, hypocrisy directly, you know, the whole race issues directly in light of this election, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. That's the realest stuff you hear. That's it's the realest stuff you hear. And then like you watch a, a presidential election and they're like, she's a liar. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like, and everyone's like, yeah, okay. like, it's like this mob mentality, tribal stuff, but there's no truth. It's just a show. It's like, it's like America's soap opera for old white men, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then people are actually waiting for the comedians to comment on it and give yeah. you the, 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 the very, you know, truth. They and... distill it down the truth of what they see. Yeah. And, and what's funny about it, the hypocrisy, because so much of these politicians and whatnot, everyone is just making the stand that's popular. You know, right now, everyone is like pro uh, trans, pro this, pro that. These are the same people that wouldn't give those people an opportunity because they didn't represent what the masses wanted to see. Yeah. But as soon as they're like trans people, we have to, so then all the news people are like, oh yeah, look, we hired a trans reporter. Or look, we did, like it's the fakest, attempts to like sh wave that flag of the new thing yeah. you know it, and it, it will fade out at well, actually time yeah exactly well next it might just be asians uh really rise be like we've been there's been low-key asian racism like forever a lot of asian issues and then all the people will be hiring asians and just like Whoever, it, whichever way the wind is blowing at that time is yeah. where they align themselves with whereas a comedian is speaks or at least creates content that's kind of outside the day-to-day -day blowing of like the culture you know it's kind of like over we at least i imagine that we we aim to be like big picture looking at you just said this you're saying this but you just said this you know yeah 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 well for me for myself as somebody who consumes comedy all the time you mentioned bill burr and he's one of my favorite uh, comedians out there because he's like he's so bold with the, with the points he throws, you know, like he doesn't really care. He doesn't really care. He doesn't, he doesn't even justify whatever he's saying. And this leads me to, to the next question, which is, I think comedians have a power that some of them they realize and some, some of them maybe don't. Is they, they cross lines or they're allowed to cross some lines, be stereotypical, which some other people can't. And this is a very big advantage of, you know, like breaking down the society of, you know, these fake images of uh, poli political correctness and say this, don't say that. While the comedians come there and say, bam, in your face, you know, this is what's happening. This is not what's happening. And Bill Burr always being famous for, you know, attacking how women behave and how what, what, the way they talk. And he just says whatever he thinks of and people laugh at it, you know, because somehow it's the truth. Like we don't always have to hide behind this kind of political correctness and ignore what's happening in the society. So what I'm saying is, do all comedians, I don't know, I don't understand this power that they have of crossing the line? Well, yeah, you know, the problem is right now that line, it used to be that line crossing was like, um, it was praised, we'll say. Now the problem is that there's been so many people canceled for crossing the line that there's cancel always culture, this fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I think cancel culture is bullshit in the sense that, especially if you are a comedian with a podcast and your own content, how are they gonna cancel you? If I have people come into my YouTube channel to watch my, and I said something retarded on some thing, what, they're just gonna pull my footage off that thing and they may not let me on there again, but how am I canceled? As soon as I'm in your town, you're still gonna come see me. The only way people get canceled is when they have a show on a network and they say some fucked up shit and they pull the show. Mm -hmm. So when you depend on the industry big time, when you are like the old style used to be, you'll uh, legitimize yourself as a comedian. You'll go to Just for Laughs Festival. You'll become a pro headliner. And then you get a TV show, a sitcom or something like that. And then you're an actor now, right? And then you mm -hmm. kind of play ball because you can't be outlandish anymore because they could pull the TV show. Right. But that's kind of no, there's no sitcoms really anymore. That's not a thing anymore. Now people create their own content and the new model is shoot your own special, put it on YouTube for free. The people will see it. And when you come to their town, they'll come to you. So that's not a cancelable model. Like here's an example, Louis CK. Remember Louis CK? Yeah. Remember when he did the whole jerk off thing and he got canceled? Yeah. 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 I went 
his first bout of shows, like a year and a half, two years after his cancellation, were in Toronto. And I was at one. And I was expecting, because it was outraged online that he was daring to perform. How could he perform? He's canceled. Like, he did those things yeah. 15 years ago. He shouldn't be able to make money for the rest of his life, you know? Like, but so I'm thinking in my mind, oh, there's going to be people picketing at the show, right? Bro, it's a sold out show. There's a line across the building. There's not one person there talking shit. There's women men in the in the line diverse as hell everyone wants to see louis ck there's not one person picketing we don't want to so the internet the media makes it seem as if this person is canceled and there are people anti him on the on the street in person but yeah, people yeah. are a lot more confident online because when it came down to it and he came in town there wasn't one human there being like don't perform so it goes to show you just how weak this this cancel culture shit is just like a twitter thing that they talk about to scare illegitimate comedians because I think as real comedians now it's like you're saying we have the blessing to take the gamble we can while we're on stage we can say some outlandish shit yeah. in the hope that we're trying to be funny it may not be funny it may end up being fucked up and yeah. bomb but no one is going to prosecute you for it after you get off stage it was a shot you took and missed on stage if it works if it works if it doesn't then you just move you on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. not going to be like, yeah, we like your set, but we'd like to speak to you about this comment made. It's mm -hmm. like, no, it was a show. I was on stage. Like, yeah. you got to give me the creative liberty to say what I want, and sometimes it's not going to work. Like, even Bill, Bur even Chappelle had a line in his monologue on SNL that kind of didn't work, and he was like, ah, I'm just trying stuff out. I, there's always a way to make things up, you know, if, <laughs> if something fails or commit, like, I don't know, the crowd does not react to you. But like uh, uh, this, this also leads to something else, which is when to decide to talk about something and make it funny if if it's like if it's something that's quite sensitive. And what I, I heard from one comedian that he said, sarcasm actually is a tragedy plus time. So is that actually? Yeah, absolutely. They say uh, comedy is tragedy plus time. Okay. But um, but yeah, either way. Like actually, I used to have a. A sketch group with my buddy Max Sheldrick here in Toronto. It's called Plus Time Comedy. That's so. If you YouTube Plus Time Comedy, we have some old sketches on there. That's literally that's how we came up with that name, Tragedy Plus Time. Okay. But uh, you're right. It is hard because anytime a tragedy happens, there's the type of comedians who will wait. You know, let the culture absorb it and whatnot. And then there's the type of comedians who right away they're looking at the news to make jokes about the most recent shit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it really depends on the type of comedian you are. Like, if you're that type of comedian, it, it might be funny. Like, I had a bit about, uh, I don't know if you know Toronto News, but, like, a couple of years ago, some guy, some incel in Toronto, he he got, rented a van and he just, like, drove into 14 people and killed them, you know, because he wasn't getting laid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... He was, but anyways, I made, I was making a joke about it the week it happened and it would kill, it would kill. Right. Damn. And, uh, I used to open every show. Did you ever hear about the story? No, no, I haven't actually. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he rented, he rented the truck and he literally killed 14 people. But anyways, I used to open for like a week. I used to be like, did you guys read? He's, he's a, he may get off on all charges and everyone's like, what? How? I'll be like, I was like, apparently he got the $15 rental insurance. <laughs> the coverage is amazing. <laughs> Bro, it used to kill. But then as weeks oh, went yeah. away from the event, it became yeah. less and less funny because it's not that relevant anymore, right? So mm. that's the problem with that type of comedy where you attack the thing that just happened today. You have no overarching long-term act. Your act is just attacking what's in the news now and now and then when you a year from now I'm, I'm not if i have to make references for something that happened a year ago or i have to constantly make references back for old events for my bit they don't land well you know mm. so like so you hit the steel when it's hot as they say exactly but you have to have something called evergreen material evergreen material is like it's always good it's about your family it's about your relationships your work shit everybody gets everybody understands you can't just be like so so uh, do you hear about Kim Jong-un's latest thing? You, it may be funny now, but two years from now, you know? It's not. It's not. So yeah, then yeah, you're yeah. constantly 
your act never really gets better. You just constantly are writing these very topical stuff that happens. But there's some comedians who kill it. It's a writing heavy way of doing comedy. But some people, that's, that's the way they like to do it. Not me personally, I, I stay away from that because I'm lazy. I don't want to write something that is not usable in two months. Okay, now, now okay, that, that, that takes me to something else. Are you writing anything right now since there are no, like, you know, shows? You cannot go to a place and perform? Or are you just yeah, because we have we, we had shows over the summer. As long as they're outside, they let them happen. Okay. And, um, you know, between wave one, wave two, there was limited indoor seating and stuff like that. So I've written COVID stuff, just like about how it was, Black Lives Matter stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. So, but, but definitely not as much as I was writing like a year or two ago, just because it's hard to write when you know you can't get on stage and see if it works you know it kind of yeah, exactly kills. it's all theory then at the, at the exactly time. it kills your drive so what i do is i just now really try to distill that in a 15 second video mm -hmm. here where where the internet comes basically for for this kind of material but exactly. also you know you know Abdul Wahab, uh, abbas sorry that's your father's <laughs> name <laughs> Uh, something, something I don't like about either Instagram or TikTok where actually videos go, go viral is the grid itself where you cannot pin any, any like top posts, you know, like whatever they see, you've done amazing video and it went super viral and passes 1 million or 2 million views, but then you keep creating, it goes very down, you know, yeah. so somebody has to be a real fan of you just to scroll up, scroll down, scroll down until it gets to that material. Instagram is worse for that than TikTok because TikTok, TikTok has that for you section. So they'll keep circulating the best videos, not the most recent videos, the most popular videos. Oh, so okay. for people who are just on that for you section of TikTok, they, they'll, they'll, I still see likes for stuff that's deep in my catalog because it's still throwing it out there. But Instagram, you're exactly right. It's in the order that it's released. So Who knows what they're going to end up doing with that. To be honest, I, I only started doing all this social media stuff out of necessity, like I told you. It was mm -hmm. never a plan. I never really liked it. I never wanted to be this guy constantly posting and whatnot, but I just really wanted to continue being able to put my comedy out there and not getting the satisfaction of comedy every night. I went all the way in, you know? So now I'm... Now people don't, some people don't even know I do stand up. They just think I'm a video yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's that deep in. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's not bad to be honest. You know, uh, it, it's, it's the trend. Maybe, I don't know if people have to follow it or not. But it, I mean, if it works for the time being, then, then be it, you know? Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Until I can get back on stage as consistently as I used to. Yeah. Uh, things aren't going to change as far as from a content creation point of view. And even when I do get back to stage uh, as much or as much as I want to, I'm still going to be doing stuff online because now I see that the online reach is so much more than who comes, those 20 people that come to that show in Toronto. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I want to do that because that's the best feeling I get is doing live stand-up. But I also want to, I like to make these videos and then have the people come here and then see my podcast and then become listeners because the videos are like they're for like adhd like people with adhd 15 seconds just absorb absorb so it's like yeah, yeah. if you can get into my podcast then i think i really got a fan right because that's me talking in long form they get to know who i am what i think the people i know our vibes that's how you get kind of like a fan you know but people are just so used to being like like next like In an hour, they may see 30 different creators like their videos and they're out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually, that's actually another problem, which is the, the social media itself uh, kind of created this very short span of attention, you know, uh, with the users. So if you don't say something funny in the first few seconds of the video, then somebody will just, with their thumb, like, huh? Ah, I don't care about you, you know, about your content, whatever you've been creating for the past days or hours i'm just gonna scroll down it's it's just so humiliating sometimes and i feel feel bad that this is the way you know it, it had to be so probably uh, longer contents of course makes uh i don't know it it, 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 it talks more about more about appreciation real appreciation of of content you know not just the short videos and stuff but 
this is the world we're living in right now. Exactly. And like, even, even if you're funny in that first three seconds, if you're not funny the next three seconds, then they're out. You know, you have to yeah. pace exactly everything, how you cut. You can't have a one shot linger too long. You can't stop talking and have too much dead space after. It's like, you really have to cut and create these videos for the shortest attention span possible. Otherwise, people are out. It's like you said. They have to make it to the end because the big joke is at the end. You know? Yeah, yeah. you build up for, for that joke. And then yeah. you keep like, you haven't seen the best part. Why are yeah. you judging so So if it's fast? really funny at the end and you just your beginning is terrible, it's yeah. like you screw yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's another thing. That's another thing. But this is, I mean, this is the social media life right now. You know, it's based on, on first, it's, it's all, it's all back again to the first impression. The first, you have, amuse me in the beginning, you know, get my attention first. And it applies to so many parts in our lives. And basically funny sketches is just one part of it. But I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of afraid that in the long term, we're never going to see like, let's say Netflix specials, you know, comedians standing in very big stages and everybody's oh, like better off yet though you, you'll i mean they may not be though definitely won't be the same production level as netflix but the vibe and the the trend in the industry is for comedians to tape and put their own specials out on youtube so it's even going to be better now it's going to be free now it's going to be on youtube totally unfiltered in the sense that they don't have to, it doesn't have to be a type of way that fits into Netflix's or Amazon Prime's catalog. It can, you can just go ham. And as long as the people see it, then they'll come out and see you when you tour. But obviously now that COVID's happened, we don't even know what's going to happen with that. So who knows what the model will be, but forget about Netflix. I think the future is brighter than ever for standup. Well, I, I would love to have this conversation with you like in, in a year or two and hopefully yeah, imagine. <laughs> I'm done. I'm just, I, I'm doing engineering. Oh, brother, this, brother, that, that comedy, that was joke, brother. Was... <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing your, your jacket and the helmet. <laughs> yeah, 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 brother, this is a joke. This, this is not real. <laughs> oh my God. I, I don't know why, like, uh, going back to the Sudanese culture, like, we don't really appreciate this kind of jokes, but still, we have actually stand-up comedians in the country. They're really, I don't know, big figures. Like, you know Mohammed Musa? Muhammad Musa in Spain or no, in Sudan? No, I don't know any Sudanese comedians to be honest. Well, there is was I, I don't know. The thing is, I think they don't label themselves as stand-up comedians. That's the yeah. that's the problem number one. So you can never actually find them. Yeah, for safe for safety purposes or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's always a loose What are you? What are you? Stand-up? I'm Mohandas. Mohandas, <laughs> please. Don't tell my parents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So there there was this Muhammad Musa, no? Actually, I'm, I'm kind of doubting the name. I think it's Muhammad Musa. So my, I, I remember that my dad met him in... Uh, have, you, have you been to, to Sudan uh, recently or no? No, last time I went was 2010. Well, uh, so it's been 10 years. Yeah, well, still, that place still existed. So they have this place called uh, Jihaz al-Mughtaribin, or like okay. the Ministry for, for foreigner, Foreigners. Or Actually, it's, it's for Sudanese people who live outside. So yeah. in order for you to leave the country, even if you're Sudanese, you have to go there and get a paper or something and pay some cash. Then you can get Yeah, I've been there. Cash. I've been there before. So, so my dad met, met, met the guy in that place. And it was so awkward, but it's still very fun. So he met him. Oh, Muhammad Musa, I know this guy. So well, I know him too. And he just cornered him. I hope my dad is not listening to this. And he cornered him and I said, tell us a joke. <laughs> said, oh my what? God. And he no. told you one? Yeah, he did. He did. What did he say? See that? I don't, I don't uh, know. Look, I was Sudani. very embarrassed for him, man. Yeah, Sudanese. Every, every time I was in Sudan and I heard jokes, they're always like very old style with respect to like North American comedy. They're like a setup and a punchline. Like, <laughs> you know, like this guy yeah, went yeah, there yeah, yeah. and he told it's, this guy this. The other guy told him, yeah, with your big head, you do that. And then it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's actually still, I think till today it's like that. And it always, it always starts with the character, it has to be drunk. Like this drunk guy or this high guy, you know, it's never oh, a normal person. Ross Macken. It's like all about his big head. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I forget how it even went, but it's just Sudan. Like, so that, in that sense, you could corner a guy. But 
you can I don't, you couldn't corner a comic here and be like, tell us a joke. I feel like they'd go in on you. Yeah, you would be the joke then on the stage, you know? Like, remember this guy who cornered me? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. People do that all the time. Actually, I had... Uh, I used to work in China for a little bit. And uh, I remember one time we were in this hotel and one of the VP of sales, I told him, uh, you know, we were having a drink. And he goes, uh, you uh, were talking. I'm like, I do stand up at night. You know, I told him the truth. I was like, I, I wasn't really telling anybody at that time, yeah. but I was doing open mics at night. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, I was doing open mics. And he goes, oh, uh, you do stand up? I'm like, yeah. And then he just started demanding. I tell him a joke right then and there. Tell me a joke. Come on, tell me a joke. <laughs> Demanding it, right? Yeah, yeah. And at one point I told him, I literally like transcribed a bit I do on stage word for word, but I just said it. It's not, it's a totally different vibe if you say your joke versus this, versus performing it. But I mean, she forced me into it, but I said it and this guy's just like, don't quit your day job. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? I was like, oh my god, this what a nightmare this human is, you know? Damn, man. This is Ironically, crazy. he ended up getting fired like a month after that. So. Joke on him then, huh? Yeah, he didn't. I was like, he's like, I didn't quit my day job either. I got fired. Yeah. So, but either way, like, what I've learned is that I keep it on the DL if at all possible, you know? I just don't like, even now when I, uh, if someone asks me what you do, I'll t like random, I'll just tell them I produce, you know, content creator. I'll say stuff like that. Yeah. You know, if you tell me you're a comedian, it always elicits that. Tell me something funny, you know? It's like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> tell us That's a so funny weird. thing. That's so weird. That's very weird. Yes, speaking of, of funny kind of stories, I remember I, I ran into, uh, uh, what's his name? Luka Doncic. Do you know Luka Doncic, the basketball player? No, I. Not, not I don't know all the players. Yeah, but yeah, well, you ran into him. Yeah, yeah, I I ran into him into Mad in Madrid here, and uh, we were just like having dinner, and he's he's in the table, so we're talking, and I tell him, so what do you do here in Madrid? And he says, ah, I just work, and actually he's like he's super tall, you know. Yeah. And I tell to my friend, well, I think this guy should actually play some basketball because he, he he's he's built for it. I think it's like at that time, he just received the award of best player in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be drafted into the US NBA. And I had no idea. And he said like, That's oh, I funny. Just this guy should play basketball. Yeah. Uh, and my friend said, he actually, actually plays. He's the best player in the fucking continent. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh shit, that's so You're neat. like, I knew it. I fucking knew it. See? The thing is like, I panicked so much. Uh, so oh, I'm sorry, and then like I, I knocked off a glass and spill on him. It was. So oh my god, dude, that's the worst. So he just panicked. panicked. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like super chill. Ah, he's just another tall guy, you know. It doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> I have a, I have my roommate in South Sudani, and he's like six foot eleven. You know, he's so tall, and I'm like, bro, how often do people ask you about basketball? He's like every day, you know, mm -hmm. every day of his life random people are like you you should play basketball or do you play basketball like every day of his life oh yeah i couldn't imagine man yeah, i couldn't yeah. imagine yeah so this is what are people telling you dunk for us <laughs> prove it <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a court nearby i have a ball come let's on go. let's go yeah 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 it's it's uh, it's it's crazy things man Cornering what's people. spain like as a sudani guy do you know that i'm, I'm just gonna give you a very fast i've never been to spain I think the Sudanese people don't come here for some yeah. reason. Please you know, I, I live in Madrid and we are 42 Sudanese in the whole city. 42? 42 people. So we are all in the same WhatsApp group, basically. You know? <laughs> <laughs> of us, we know each other by name. We know the kids and everything. So we're not much, which is good. So let's keep it that way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's very good. For now. Yeah, yeah. There's not much. So since there are not much Sudanese people, there are not much uh, Sudanese restaurants at all, actually, in the country. So the nearest restaurant, uh, nearest Sudanese restaurant in Berlin. You have to go wow. to Germany, <laughs> eat some food and Alcida and then come back. <laughs> That's so funny. How far is Berlin from uh, Madrid? I think it's like maybe one hour and a half flight or two maximum. I'm not really sure. 
never been yeah, there. Yeah, see, Europe is nice. You guys just fly around. You have that Ryanair, all those cheap airlines. You don't have that shit here. We have mm-hmm. uh, Spirit, but it's a, it's not like it's not affordable cheap. It's just like a little less than Air Canada and all these other fucking crazy price ones. But for you, you know, I like, mean, to travel, to travel, is, is that not, it's not that easy? I mean, what's well, driving? Like, I mean, it is. I mean, I am living in Toronto, so it is. Like, as far as this is a hub airport here, but going from like Madrid to Berlin, how far is that drive? I think, I don't know, 12 hours maybe or less. I'm not really okay. sure. I'm not really okay, sure. so how much would the flight cost? Well, uh, pre-COVID, I think 50 euros, maybe, or 60. Yeah, see, so let's say for um, something like somewhat comparable here, you know, Toronto to Nashville, Tennessee, same amount of time to drive, but the flight cost is like 300, 350, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's flying is such an option over there in Europe that, cause it's also, uh, everything's so dense and just the, I don't know, the economy of the way you guys have your airlines set up, you guys can offer these crazy prices. It's not anything that you ever see over here. So here it's like, if you can't drive, you're stuck until you can afford like a $700 flight to somewhere that's 16 hours away, you know? And that's a problem. That's a problem, yeah. especially because like the, the North, North America is so wide, you know, and the cities are all over the place. Well, that's why. Yeah, away. exactly. So they, But that's... luckily, Toronto, we have, uh, I don't really know of many Sudani restaurants, but my mom is two hours away in London, Ontario. So mm. anytime I want some Sudani stuff, I'm down home, you know? Okay, stop bragging, man. Come on. Bro, getting that. <laughs> bro, my mom sells Kisra, bro. She's She's got the side hustle, man. Nice. Any wow. mulah you want, bro. She's got it. We see all the, uh, the what's it called, the uh, Saaba, the uh, the bachelors, the what's it called, uh, Azaba. Azaba. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. all coming and getting their fucking asida and oh, kisra. عندك wake up. Huh? <laughs> That's a completely different culture. I think people are not really aware of what is Azza. So go ahead and explain that to them. That is not, I'm assuming that's who the 42 people are that in that WhatsApp group. No, actually, they're not Azab. I'm the only Azabi here in this country. Oh, really? That's, families, that's, yeah. Azab is like, that's the Sudani or Arab way of saying like uh, bachelor. These are unmarried singles. Just fucking <laughs> in the world, in the Sudanese culture, an do you have a whole name? You're, su- you're such an entity. If you're unmarried, there's a whole name. <laughs> you're just a fucking living a, a lingering life between marriage, after yeah. the college degree and between marriage. That's the Azaba life. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is like they, they invite themselves to, to, to join you for, for, for meals. That's super normal. Like, hey, you know, it's 33 of us here, we're not married and we're really craving Kisra. So we'll drop by in 30 minutes basically <laughs> and actually if, if if they didn't need to call they could have just showed up at your house normally you have to feed them you know yeah 100 percent. and then play kushtena cards huh yeah yeah you have to <laughs> play kushtena as hard as you can you know you guys have an argila over there you guys smoke hookah well uh in in spain actually it's it's considered a very fancy thing so if you oh offer, really yeah so if you go like to big clubs or big restaurants, if you offer shisha, it's the most expensive thing. And people share it, which was like shocking to me, you know? Like I used to be in, in Saudi Arabia or Sudan. Well, everybody gets their own shisha. And yeah, maybe, yeah, of course. And sometimes if you want two flavors, you get two for yourself, that's fine. But here, it's like, hey, I got shisha for the whole class. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, because man, is, smoking a shisha by yourself is, is a lot. It's taxing on the lungs. So if you are... If it's a fancy thing, like hors d'oeuvres, desserts, those are all small portions, you know? Just the same with the hookah, you know? Everyone's just like, blah, blah, blah. ooh, this is nice. And they pass it on, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then you get the people who smoke it like it's weed. They try to hold the smoke in. <laughs> like, yeah, let it out, man. <laughs> You're not going to ghost it. Way, no? <laughs> hookah, yeah, it's tobacco, bro. Smoke, just exhale. So th- do you guys have places in Toronto for that? No, Toronto's really cut back on hookah. I, I have one at the house right now. Like, I've always had one. But yeah. 
uh, Toronto's cut back. Like, they don't let you smoke it inside, anywhere. You got to go to the outskirts of town where the bylaws are a little different. So, so you can smoke inside. No, but besides that, it, that was before COVID too. Obviously, right now with COVID, all of those businesses are not doing shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does not collide with the the code of uh, health uh, system, whatever. Yeah, yeah, literally. I want, dude. I uh, I really want to go to Spain. You know, somebody. That's like because I've been around a lot of the areas in that area, but I never went to Spain. And my friends went for a couple weeks, and they're just. But they did it very touristy style. So I think the way they sold it would be like something that I wouldn't necessarily be doing. Because they went to like, what's the hype beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mainstream places, basically. Yeah, like what's, what's the hypest beach party area in, that, in Madrid or Spain? Yeah. What's it called? It's, uh, there's other, it's not Madrid. It's other towns in there. Barcelona. What else besides Barcelona? Uh, there's uh, Ibiza, of course. Yeah, of course, besides that. But isn't that an island? Uh, Ibiza? Yeah, yeah, it is an island. It's a small yeah. island. There is also uh, Marbella. Yeah, I think that's where they went. Yeah, see, all these places, they just sound like a, a, a Spanish singer's music video. Where you'd be <laughs> wearing a white shirt, it'd be open, and you'd be on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> the stereotypical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Marbella right there, bro. <laughs> I want to go Marbella. to Spain. What? Yeah. Is it hot for you guys right now, or do you get snow? It's it's uh, it's cold actually. It's getting colder now, and this is actually the what's the, the heater. The heater, yeah. Yeah. But it, it in Madrid it doesn't snow much. If it snow for, for one day, even the snow does not stick. But of course, when you go to north of Spain, it snows so much. So, yeah, yeah. So much like you know. Of course, no comparison to Canada, at all. <laughs> you guys are leading with that for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, but you guys have. Uh... You guys, we're like north, but you guys have elevation because you have the Alps up there, right? Yeah. yeah so the good. Alps are in elevation, so this snows like crazy. But for, but in Madrid, is it like, I'm assuming you guys do Celsius, right? Yeah, Celsius. Like what is it right now? Twenty? Is that no, cold no. for you? Let, let me check. I think it's I think it's ten. Ten? Oh, okay. It's the same yeah. shit than here. It's like it's ten right here right now. But it's it's seven p.m. at night, man. So then oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, like, it's a let one p.m. We're like yeah. ten. We're walking. It's nice, you know. <laughs> man, I'm wearing a sweater <laughs> at home, and this is on already. Uh, for me, as a Sudanese person, I do not deal with cold. Winter is not my month. It's not my my season, and I I keep complaining. Of course, like the locals here are like ah, you know, like this is another type of way that it's fine and stuff like this. So, uh, not for me. I'm black. This is not. <laughs> Is Take that me back the to accent Africa. in Spain? Man, <laughs> is they, it another type of way that is fine? Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> all the time they speak like this the whole time. Man. They have this. <laughs> they have this. I mean, and that the, sounds like Portuguese. My Portuguese friends sound like that too. Yeah, well, they're very close to each other. You yeah, know? It's not, it's not very, yeah, they're all like, you know, like men, women, everybody. The thing is like when they switch to English, it, it changes. Even the tone changes so much. It's very weird. It's quite interesting. <laughs> My friend told me in Lisbon, uh, he's Portuguese, he went there to Lisbon. He said every morning, every shop owner is spraying the ground because every night, the night people are just peeing everywhere. They're getting <laughs> fucked up and they're peeing everywhere. So every morning, the shop owners are just hosing the outside of their businesses. <laughs> every business. Oh my God, this is terrible. I, know I haven't seen that in Madrid so far, but this is terrible. <laughs> Well, the nightlife here is, is quite a thing. Well, people really like to start their, their day kind of late, you know. People go out and party all the time and staying up until 4 a.m. in the morning outside is quite normal. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a European thing, huh? Well, this is very not, not Mediterranean. So if you go to Portugal, Spain, Greece, Italy, this is kind of okay, you know. But then you go to Germany where, no, like Germans, it's 6 p.m., go to your home, you know. Like, yeah, right. Work. If you're outside, even if you're like 10 years old, you'll be yeah, you're up to some Hitler shit. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, what are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing. <laughs> There's Jewish people with us. Please. <laughs> Leave us alone. I heard my buddy told me that in, in Germany, uh, 
Jewish people, they can get away with tiny, small crimes. You ever heard of that? No, no, really. That's small, interesting. small crimes. The police don't fuck it. They just, you know, they still remember. You know? <laughs> it's kind of payback. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Like if you jump over the subway thing and you, and you have your yarmulke or whatever, you'll yeah. get away, you know? Uh, let him have this. Yeah, yeah people exactly. have had enough, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, you avoid be. taxes, they're going to come for you with fucking rifles, bro. Oh, well, that, the Germans are very strict in general. Super, super strict. Nice people, but they're very strict with everything. Yeah, but that's why their engineering is so good, right? It's the dreamland for engineers, basically. Yeah. It's the dreamland for, for engineers. Actually, Spain, on the contrary, it's, it's a place to chill. If you want to come to Spain and chill and relax, this is the place, you know, everything is chill. It takes any paperwork takes three months. Yeah. No, it's fine. You know? Yeah. In Canada, the, the West coast is BC, British Columbia. It has the same vibe. So the West coast of Canada and even the States too, the West coast, you know, like Oregon, Washington with Seattle, California, they're all way more laid back than the East coast, which is, you know, Toronto, New York, Boston, these are way like go do, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. So in the same country, like the different cultures. Yeah, but but it's so the country's so spread out. There's so many thousands of kilometers in between, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's the United States, for example, is just huge, man. There's three-hour difference between east and west. It's a big, big country. Same goes for Canada, of course. I think there might even be more. More than three. Yeah, might be more than three. I'm I'm in Eastern right now, and I know Pacific is three hours. But I'm wondering if there's anything more East than me, like m some Miami or something. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But yeah, three. That's still quite a bit, huh? That's a lot, actually. Bro, I'm that's telling you, I'm I got the cabin fever, man. I want to get out of this country. Actually, I'm waiting for the U.S. border to open just to drive in, and because uh, I used to work in the states, so I want to go hang out. But the border is closed because their COVID situation is out of control, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think maybe they, they fix their shit up, you know, soon since the election is over and the drama is over. So maybe I don't think so. Imagine look, Trump got out and all the COVID numbers dropped. <laughs> I think people just think it's fine and the mask wearing is not as high as it could be. So, mm. and people are just in the same groups as always. So it's spreading. But how bad is it? That's a different question, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's an, that's another story, man. I want to I want to ask you something that's completely different. Now, okay. since you're a comedian, I don't know exactly how you started, but I know some people who started as comedians always came from like their group of friends. Like, yo, you're so funny. You're telling jokes all the time. Come on, try your luck out there. You know, get on stage, and everybody will relate to your jokes. And like, this is this is something that's actually personal because my friends sometimes they tell me like, you know, you can you can drop some some jokes here and there. And go out on stage and tell jokes. I tell them, no, I'm funny in this group because yeah. you guys know me, so you read my jokes. So don't push me to a stage and embarrass myself just to prove a point or I know achieve your dreams. Yeah, through you. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. What, was it the same for you? Like your friends were pushing you to 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 be on stage? Uh no, not to be on stage. A lot of people told me, yo, you should be doing like like I had people growing up with me that are like, who would call me Dave Chappelle. Like even since I was like in grade school, you know, that was my nickname. And uh, I had people be like, yo, you gotta be a comedian. I'm like, oh, okay. They're not being like, yo, go do an open mic or, yeah. you know, this location on Monday nights, bro, it's an open mic, go get on stage. No one's saying that. But the, I am hearing, man, you gotta be doing a comedy or something. Uh -huh, right, I do engineering. Yeah. but. When I lived in Detroit, I lived in Detroit as an engineer. And when I really was unhappy with engineering, when I really looked into change, like, okay, I got to do something different because this isn't working out. Uh, and I got the, I'm like, yo, let me do stand up. You know, I'm obsessed with stand up. I think I'm funny. I've always, always been watching stand up. So I, then I found a, a, a bar that has an open mic and I had roommates at the time. And I was kind of scared a little bit. I found where it was, but I was like, ah, they're like, so for a, like a little bit, they're like, go, go. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I want to write. Once it's, once I wrote my set, perfect. Then I'll go. You know, I was yeah, scared. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then I went and it went so bad. Right. <laughs> and I went 
six more times, I think, before I invited those guys to come watch me because I didn't want anybody to see me like terrible until I felt like, okay, I have an idea of what I'm going to present. Then I'm going to bring my friends to see, you know, because that first time was a nightmare, bro. But like, uh, so you went like six times before you invite your friends. I went six times alone. It was like midnight in Detroit. I'm one guy just like, I'm going to do five minutes. I wait three hours to do my five minutes. Yeah. And uh, I just do it. You know what I mean? In front of randoms. I don't want people, anyone I know to see me because I don't, I don't, I w- in my head, I was like, I want them to see me do well. I mean, even when I went up, I didn't do well, but at least I was like, I know what to expect on stage. I know how to grab the microphone, move the yeah, mic yeah, stand, yeah. all that stuff. I was so afraid of like, oh, but other people have the exact opposite mentality. Other people, their first time, they got all of their friends together and, and brought them. But what happens is you cultivate that same environment that you said you have. I'm funny with you guys. So if you bring you guys to the show, you think you killed that open mic because your friends are laughing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you're bombing hard, your friends are laughing because you're bombing hard. That's funny to your friends, right? But to people yeah. who don't know you, if you're bombing, they leave the room. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, they, yeah, that's, that's not funny. That's the thing. How can you relate to these people? How can make that person actually say, oh, well, I understand this joke. I'm going to laugh and clap for it. And it's immediate. Like it's, it's in the same It's like a live show, you know, it's like an online thing. You can repeat more than once or try to understand the joke. It's, it kills. I, I think that's really tough. Like, you know, the, people say public speaking is difficult, but jokes, if somebody doesn't clap or laugh at you in your face, then it's, it's not working. Then you have to move on. I don't know, leave from the backstage or something. Yeah, right, man. I, uh, it's tough. It is tough, but you got to do it thousands of times and then you can you can kind of like bomb gracefully. So it doesn't hurt you that they're not laughing. You just kind of ride it out and wait till your perfect moment to go into something different, you know, or address it. Mm-hmm. That's usually the, the way comics do it. If you ever see them do a joke that doesn't work, they'll be like, let's say it's a joke about cats and it doesn't, and it bombs. And then, uh, uh, They'll be like, so not a cat crowd, huh? Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, ha, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've like, seen this. I've seen yeah. This, yeah. So I mean, clearly we're a dog, in a, yeah, yeah. In a dog crowd, for example. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I just performed at a dog show the other night. Killed with that <laughs> bit. And then they laugh, you know? So it's yeah, like. Yeah. So you have to prepare some sort of plan B for this? Or you don't have to prepare. You don't have to prepare. Yeah, you be in the moment, you know? Like mm-hmm. if you are, if, if you're doing stand-up and you're serious about it, then that's already who you are off stage. So you just have to get on stage a thousand times to break that thing, that fear of the stage. So when you go on stage, you can be that funny person you are with your friends. Because Bill Burr said that for comics, they're funny with their friends and it takes 15 years on stage to bring that same funny onto the stage. 15 years to recreate that funny you are with your friends on stage. Because for for a very long time it's like it's a stage you feel like a show you you feel the expectation you feel yeah. you know yeah 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 and now and now the stage is also virtual which is their comment section people could attack you cancel you or whatever oh my god <laughs> yeah i did a i did a virtual show so stand up like this so anyways i was going this and i said what you know it was bro it was the worst <laughs> it was the worst <laughs> why did you do it then <laughs> Because the show, the show I got booked for was real, but then the, the COVID wave two hit and they're like, don't worry everyone, now it's on Zoom. And I was like, no. That's a trap. That yeah, was it was a trap. trap. It was literally a trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Abbas, I'm, I'm, I'm out of my questions. I'm super happy that they actually accepted my invitation to be part of uh, this episode. And I hope everybody... Enjoy this episode, share the laugh or two, uh, something easygoing this time, something very chill and something serious too in the same way, you know, so hopefully you, you enjoy this uh, episode and uh, yeah, thank you for, for being part of this episode. Thank you, Hassan. I appreciate you for having me on, man. I appreciate you calling me. It feels sick to be talking to somebody around the world, you know, it's a good feeling. So uh, thanks for having me. Keep, keep doing your thing, hopefully to episode 100 and uh, I'd like to come back on, man. Thank you. 
So this was Abbas Abdulwahab, all the way from Toronto, from Canada, uh, Sudanese Canadian comedian. And this is me, your host, Hassan Fadl. Stay tuned for the coming episode. This is the 20th episode of Hassan Talks Podcast. Uh, Hassan Talks Podcast. There are uh, 19 episodes on Spotify, on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also on YouTube. So go check them out. And that's it for, for today. Stay tuned. Peace out. Peace.